I tell you, we are celebrating what uh, we've seen God do with Fall Fest. Um, listen to me, ladies and gents, well over 2,000 people on campus last Sunday evening. It's awesome. It's awesome. Um, they got loved on. They got, uh, they got some Jesus, and it's everything we wanted it to be and more. All of these upcoming outreaches. Listen to me, Eastgate. We're getting to partner with 104.5. We're getting to partner, listen, with our local police department and serve our community by giving away free gas and some free turkeys. That is awesome. It is awesome. We're getting to partner with the pantry in the week upcoming to help bless families with Thanksgiving dinner that would not otherwise be able to have it. Ladies and gents, I don't know if you're noticing this, but the vision that we've been talking about is happening right in front of us. And I want to honor you because, listen, this does not happen unless it has the support, the funding, and the dedication of the people of this church. Guys, we're reaching our community for Jesus, and I want to say thank you for helping make it all happen. You guys are awesome. And this is just the beginning of what God is going to do. Tip of the iceberg, okay? Tip of the iceberg. If I told you half of what I know that's going to be coming up even into next year, you, you probably go into shock and say, how? But you know what? We've already done that. We've already done that because God's already showed us the step we're in right now. And we said, how? Well, he's showing us how as we're stepping. Amen? That's how he's going to do all of the journey ahead. You guys watching online that couldn't be here today, let me thank you. Uh, if you're part of Eastgate Church and if you're watching for the first time, hey, you're part of the family now. Um, let me thank you uh, in advance for helping make this church an awesome tool in the hand of God. You are loved and you're appreciated. Thank you all so much. Thank you so much. Um, I will say this, my goodness gracious, um, it is God's will that there be Auburn fans in the church. I don't know about Alabama, but we're praying through that. All people are welcome to receive the love of God. I mean, we've got Georgia Bulldog fans here, so Amen. Tennessee volunteer fans, people that like Yankee football are here, so Ohio State. <laughs> Why you call it Yankee football? Because it's just not like football in the South. That's why. I'm just... Amen. Dave Varney's growling somewhere on campus right now. I can guarantee you. Um, if you slow down for 30 seconds, he'll tell you why the Big Ten is the best conference in college football. And the SEC is overhyped. Uh, but everybody's got their opinions. <laughs> um, man, guys and gals, how many of y'all got to go to the parade? For the Braves, who just so happened to have won the World Series last week. Wrapped all that up. Excited about that. I'm excited about that. Somebody said broke the curse. I'm glad. I, I, don't, I don't know if there was the curse thing or not. I, I'm not a big believer in hexes or anything. But man, oh man. After seeing the Falcons lose the lead, they lost in the Super Bowl and watching the Braves lose the lead that they had in the, the uh, league championship series last year, and then watching things happen. I don't know about y'all, but they were up big in this last game, and I was still a little nervous. Like, I, did, I wasn't breathing easy until that last out was done and everybody was celebrating, and I was like, okay, this is real. This is awesome. Uh, uh, it's one thing, though, to, uh, to watch sports. Uh, it's one thing to participate in them. And I want to share with you a good message today that hopefully will strengthen your faith and benefit you. We're going to continue our series on the fruit 
of the Spirit. How many of y'all have enjoyed the series that we've been in? Yeah? It's been really good. Want it to benefit you and equip you. I believe God has called us to live life up here, not down here. And a lot of that has to do with us allowing His Holy Spirit to work in our lives and do what He needs to do so that we change from the inside out. I think churches got that wrong for so long. We've tried to force people into little cookie-cutter shaped things that Christians are supposed to be. And we've tried to, through our um, preferences and opinions, shape the early formation of a person's Christian life. And if you're a Christian, you don't do this or you don't do that. And the Word of God actually says something completely different. It gives a lot of room for us to grow and mature. But it points out that we should be growing and maturing. It's not a license to stay stagnant in your walk with God or to celebrate mediocrity under the banner of grace. Not, God challenges all of us to grow into who he's called us to be. And one of the surefire ways to do that is to let the fruit of the Spirit take place in your life. So I want to talk to you this morning for a little bit about fourth quarter faithfulness. Fourth quarter faithfulness. Galatians chapter 5. If you got your tablets or your Bibles, go ahead and get ready to follow along with us. All the notes for today's message is on a... Uh, is on you version, so you can follow along there, or you can read the scriptures on the screens. This has been our anchor passage for this series, and it's just so good. It says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Okay, pop quiz, who produces the fruit in our lives? The Holy Spirit produces his fruit in our lives, and here's what he produces. From the inside out, it's love, joy, Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and today we're going to talk about faithfulness. Faithfulness. Call it fourth quarter faithfulness because, man, there's just some times in life that you've got to dig deep and push forward. You know, I watch football games, and when the teams hit the field in the beginning of the game, everybody's cheering and shouting, and, you know, the fireworks are going off, and the bands are playing, and they hitting the field like they're going to conquer the world, and everybody's screaming, and it's like, yeah! And everybody's just hyped. Second quarter hits, they're a little bit tired. Third quarter hits, they're a little more tired. Fourth quarter, after you've been knocked down about 30 or 40 times, after you've got bruises forming, muscles are sore, see, that's where it's time to dig deep and lean in on what has prepared you for that moment. Fourth quarter faithfulness is something else. I find that most people tap out in the fourth quarter of waiting on God's promise to be fulfilled in their lives. Most people tap out in the fourth quarter of God's process of developing us into who he's called us to be. And that's where we need faithfulness at work in our lives. And it's funny because faithfulness and patience are the only fruit that are measured with the passing of time. You got love, joy, peace, all those, but patience and faithfulness are measured by the passing of time. Can't know if someone's patient until you give a little bit of time. You know, it was funny, because Christmas a couple of years ago, my little girl was going nuts. And I believe it was I believe it was Hannah. She was going nuts. Because a couple of days before Christmas, she saw the presents under the tree. She wanted one so bad, and so she was resorting to the, the cute little puppy dog guys and the, please, please, can we? Y'all parents, you know that, you know that look, right? Yeah. Please, can we, can we open just one, please, Father, wonderful Father? 
my favorite dad in the whole world. It was like right on that line, you know, can we open just one? And so I thought, I'm going to be a punk to this kid right now. So I said, okay, come here, I'm going to give you a present. She's like, yes, it finally worked. She comes running over, big-eyed, excited. My wife, Kelly, has this huge look of shock on her face. Like, what, are you really caving into this right now? And so I reach in my pocket, and I do this, and I say, here, sweetheart, I want to give you the gift of patience to be able to wait another day until Christmas to get your presents. And the look I got was the look that some of y'all are giving me right now. You evil, cold-hearted man. You have no soul at all. But she'll remember it for the rest of her life. Patience, probably not in a good way. That probably cost me $300 in therapy, and I just don't know it yet. But we'll, <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Um, but faithfulness can only be qualified with the passing of time. People talk good shop at the beginning of stuff, but it's the fourth quarter. It's when things haven't gone the right way for a season or two. It's when things have become difficult, when the skies have stayed cloudy a little bit too long and you forgot what the sunshine looked like. It's those moments where we need to allow the fruit of faithfulness to be produced in our life. So, listen, this message is for every single parent that's going through the routine of waking up early in the morning, taking care of their children, making sure the lunches are packed, the bags are where they need to be, going to work, knocking out an 8, 10, 12-hour day, coming home, making sure the kids are taken care of, putting them into bed, you going to bed late at night so that you can get up early in the morning and repeat the process again. It's for you to stay faithful in that process. This, this message is for everybody that has a dream in your heart. And you've watched season after season come and go. I want to encourage you not to give up on the promise of God and that dream that is in your heart. This message is for every pastor and leader. Every pastor and leader that has a vision that God has burnt into your soul. And you've waited and you've prepared and you've helped to get the ministry and the organization in a place where it can step into the vision that God has put in your heart. Let me encourage you not to give up and not to tap out, but to stay faithful in what God has called you to do, to stay faithful in the process, to stay faithful on the job, to stay faithful to your family, to stay faithful to your spouse, to stay faithful to the God that we serve because everything that we do is for him, to stay faithful, to let the Holy Spirit produce that fruit of faithfulness in your lives. Hebrews 10, 23 is a great passage of scripture as we continue this discussion on faithfulness today. Um, it says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. Unswervingly. That means we don't get off course. It's not like you're driving down the road in Georgia and one of those kamikaze squirrels run out in front of you. You ever had that happen? <laughs> Like, how many of y'all are swervers? How many of y'all are just like, you know what, Joker, you ran out in the road, you rolling the dice, I'm not tapping the brakes for anybody. Yeah, so it's, it's more like that. So we're going to kill squirrels for Jesus today and not swerve off course, but to stay, I mean, just on the road and stay on track with what God is calling us to do. And here's the, the qualifier for this. We, we do that because he who promised is faithful. Aren't you glad that God's been faithful? I mean, think back on your life. Time after time, has he not been faithful? 
Time after time has he not come through. He always comes through. Might not be on our timeline. Might not be according to our agenda or how we thought things were going to go. But if you look through the Bible, that's pretty much his track record. He does things his way on his time and not our way and on our time. He's always faithful, though, to keep his word. And he says that we can have confidence to not miss a beat in what we're doing because we know that he who promised the promise is faithful. It's faithful. That word faithful is a powerful word. If you like to, to drink a little bit of coffee and dig into like the meanings of some of these words that are here, like in the, the, the Greek language, um, pithio is the name of the word. I know it sounds weird. Pitho. Um, but it means to be persuaded, come to trust, to guarantee, and warranty. That's what the root word, that the word faithfulness, comes from means. It's crazy because it's a special kind of word. Like if I were to say um, lottery, well, that's an open-ended word. But if I were to qualify that and put it in a phrase and say, you just won the lottery, that means something completely different, doesn't it? Yes. Whew, man, now you're thinking of all the money coming your way. You don't give a flying rip about the money that you owe. You don't care if your bills get paid on time this month or not because you know a check that's coming that's going to take care of all of that. You know what I mean? Well, this word faithfulness is kind of the same thing when you break it down. It, it's an all-inclusive kind of phrase. It, it covers the whole process of building faithfulness or trust. In one word, it means to be persuaded and come to trust because... Somebody is guaranteeing or warranting something in that process. So it shows the beginning and the trust that's developed, and it also shows why the trust is there because of the guarantee and the warranty. It's crazy. It's, it's all-inclusive. So when we say God is faithful, saying that um, be persuaded and come to trust in him because he guarantees and warranties everything that he promises everything that is in his word. Does that make sense to everybody here? It's amazing, the depth of this word. And it's not just that it's an all-inclusive kind of phrase. It takes place in every, in every um, possible place of time. So it, it, this word takes place all at the same time in the past, in the present, and in the future tense. So it's an all-inclusive phrase that is all-inclusive within time itself. God says that he is the one who was, who is, and is to come. So he's saying, my faithfulness is tied to me. So if you're going to describe my faithfulness, you have to use it in part by the description of who I am. Because if I'm in the past, my faithfulness is with me in the past. If I'm in the present, my faithfulness is with me in the present. And if I'm in the future, then my faithfulness is with me in the future. Because wherever I am, there my faithfulness is. Because I am faithfulness. I'm not just a God that is faithful. I am faithfulness so powerful when you think about it that way so he's saying look look to the past and be persuaded and come to trust i have a guarantee and a warranty on everything that i have given you if you're in the present listen listen no no 
know, know that I am faithful to do what I've said I'm going to do. And if my promise hasn't come to fruition yet and it's something in the future, listen, be persuaded and come to trust that it is just as I said it would be in the future because I've guaranteed it. And I put a warranty on it with who I am. If I've said it, it is going to come to pass. That's amazing because if you jump back and you look and... Like in Hebrews uh, 10, it says, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. Our hope comes from his faithfulness. His faithfulness then feeds us and builds our faithfulness. Isn't that crazy when you stop and think about it? He says, There's a process here. I'm faithful. And because I'm faithful, you are going to be persuaded and trusting in my faithfulness. And when I'm faithful, you'll see that, my, that I'm faithful. You'll know that I'm faithful. You'll come to trust me as being faithful. Listen now. And because you know that I am faithful, it doesn't matter what I say. You are going to be faithful to my calling and my process and not swear off course because you know I'm going to be faithful to carry out what I said. So your faithfulness to be unmovable in life, your faithfulness to follow through on what I've called you to do, regardless of what you see, your faithfulness is going to be fed because I am faithful. So as you draw into me, you're going to be able to reflect my very attribute in your life because I'm proving to you that I can be trustworthy so that when the things don't line up the way you think they need to be lined up, you are unshakable in life and your faith does not get rattled because you know even though there's a storm out there, I serve a God that can say peace be still and end it any time that he wants to. No matter what I'm facing right now, if I'm going to the cross, I know that there's a resurrection on the other side of it because my God is faithful and he will always keep his word. This is a powerful, powerful, powerful promise, this fruit of of faithfulness in our lives. It's amazing and not just in concept, but it works so practically in our lives too because faithfulness produces other fruit. When When we operate in faithfulness, faithfulness does what it's responsible to do, even when it doesn't feel like it. Faithfulness will do what it's responsible to do, even when it doesn't feel like it. Faithfulness will get up and go to work to provide for the family, even when it doesn't feel like it, because the person is faithful to the family. Because they're faithful to the call of God on their life to be a provider for that family. It changes everything. We're responsible. And we follow through on what we're responsible for because we understand that everything that we do, the Bible says, should be done with all of our heart as though we were doing it for the Lord. Think about that. So I'm not going to work just for a check. I'm going to work to glorify God. I'm not dealing with issues in my family a certain way to be holy and pure, but I'm also doing it to glorify God. God. I'm faithful in the processes that I face in life and I'm faithful in the storms because I'm doing it to glorify God. Faithfulness does what it's responsible to do even when it doesn't feel like it. 
Proverbs 20, verse 6, it says this. I love this proverb. Man, Proverbs will just encourage you and beat you up all at the same time. I, I love the book of Proverbs. It says uh, in, in chapter 20, verse 6, it says, Many claim to have unfailing love, but a faithful person who can find. Man, if you have ever owned a business, led a ministry, led any kind of coordinated effort, a faithful person... That's fresh wind into your cell every time. Someone that can be counted on because they're so rare. Why? Because most people tap out in the fourth quarter when things get hard, when things get difficult, when the excitement of the outreach that we get to do actually fades and the work of the ministry becomes work. This junk is making me sore. How many of y'all were sore after Fall Fest? I mean, (laughs) y'all were cheering on that. I got a big amen. Woo! Yes, man. You know why you're sore? Because you were faithful. Amen. You know? And, and you push through. I watched some of you guys, man, positions uh, through most of the night, just staying faithful and smiling and loving and encouraging people. And some of y'all, you had to recover for two or three days afterwards, and that's, that's okay. That's okay. Somebody was joking this morning, and they said, Pastor Josh, is it okay if I'm still sore after Fall Fest? And I'm like, today? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I guess so. That means you did something. It means you did something, you know, but, but, but even when the excitement fades and it becomes work, faithfulness is there because faithfulness understands the big picture. I'm not doing what I'm doing just to do it. I'm doing what I'm doing to glorify God and bring honor to him. I'm doing what I'm doing because the one who called me to do it is faithful. And if I would just push through my temporary feelings, I will reap an eternal reward for what's happening today because of my faithfulness. I love that. Looking at the life of Joseph, Joseph was just a poster child for sometimes things in life do not go the way you think they are going to go. Joseph, this dude in the Old Testament, God gave him this big promise, and a lot of you guys know the story. You know, He had this vision that he saw, this dream that he saw, where he was going to be in a position of great power. His family was going to be bowing down before him. Joseph messed up and told his brothers about all the fun stuff that was going to be happening. And they were like, I ain't going to be bowing down to you, punk kid. That ain't going to happen. So they, they bucked up against it. Joseph, he got kidnapped. They faked his death. They human trafficked his hind end, sold him into slavery. Okay? Sold into slavery, he landed at the house of a guy named Potiphar. But here's the deal. Through all of this, Joseph was faithful with the responsibilities that he was given. And he followed through on all of it. And he rose in the ranks and caught the eye of Potiphar. He became Potiphar's dude, his right-hand man, okay, because he was faithful and responsible and followed through with the stuff that he was supposed to, even when things weren't going the way he wanted them to. He got lied on by a cougar (laughs) who, who was thirsty and wanted her some Joseph, And Joseph said, no, we cannot do that. You're married to my boss, and that's going to go really bad. How could I do such a thing? And listen to this, hurt the heart of God. He backed away from it, kept integrity. He got falsely accused of doing what he didn't do, got thrown into jail, jail. And then served out a few more years. And some messed up stuff, some messed up stuff. But even then, his gift created a place for him in front, of the, in front of Pharaoh because he was faithful. Through all the stuff that Joseph went through, 
you will not see one time in Scripture where Joseph complained to God, where Joseph was unfaithful to God. Joseph never did that. He followed through on what he was responsible to do. He kept a heart towards God. He kept a great perspective, and he trusted God. And through it all, God's promise over his life came to pass. But it came to pass because Joseph was faithful to the God that gave him the vision, even when it didn't make sense, and even when it didn't work out, and even when he was paying the price for something that he didn't do in his own life. He was still faithful to the God that called him to do it. Why? Because faithfulness does what it's responsible to do, even when it doesn't feel like it. Faithfulness operates in integrity and excellence. When you're faithful to something, when you're faithful to the big picture call of God and you understand that everything you do is for him anyway, that faithfulness, it, it encourages you and it points you in the direction of excellence and integrity every time. You operate well because you understand a principle. If you are faithful over a few things, the Bible says that you will be made ruler over what? Over much. Faithful over a few, ruler over much. If you handle the small stuff well, then you'll be trusted with more. We like to skip that process, don't we? I don't know why they don't give me that promotion. I could handle it all. You can't even show up to work on time, and you're talking about wanting a promotion. You need to handle that first and show yourself trustworthy. You can't get all of your work done in the day that you're supposed to get done because you're too busy complaining to the other coworkers about the person that's supposed to be managing the office. How about shut your mouth, do your job, do it with excellence, and be faithful in a few things, and you'll be made ruler over much. Is that too harsh this morning? Just, but it's just the truth, though. Complaining about stuff you're not getting because you're not going through the correct process to get it. Man, oh, man. Sounds like a little child throwing a temper tantrum. Got to prove yourself trustworthy over time. Um, Joshua serving uh, Moses. Joshua served Moses in the Old Testament with excellence. He served him with excellence. Anything Moses needed. I mean, in the beginning, Joshua was, he was pretty much Moses' assistant. He just worked with him and served with him and, and handled everything that he was given to do. And he followed through with all of his responsibilities. He did it with excellence. When Moses was up on the mountaintop, Joshua was faithful to Moses and to God. When Korah pulled his little warlock move and tried to split the camp and get people to follow him, Joshua stayed faithful to Moses and to God. When Aaron and and all of them started doing that nonsense in the camp. Joshua stayed faithful to Moses and to God, and he operated with excellence. The Bible even says of Joshua that he finished everything that God had given Moses to do. He operated at such a high level, he even finished up Moses' job and then went in and conquered the promised land. Joshua had it going on. He was able to do a lot, though, because he was faithful and what he was doing. Think about David. David gets talked about a lot in church, man. He, he's so awesome. Uh, David, the Bible says, was a man that was after God's own heart. Okay? But David did some jacked up stuff, didn't he? I mean, David, <laughs> he, man, he, he didn't go out to battle when he should have went out to battle, and he was watching 
some stuff happened on the rooftop he probably shouldn't have been watching, which led him to do something with a woman that he shouldn't have been doing because he wasn't married to her, but she still, because he was the king, had to do what the king wanted to be done. And then to cover it up, he had her husband killed. That's a busy weekend of sin right there. You just want to keep tally on that. But God still called him at the end of it all a man after his own heart. Hey, I got encouragement for you today. Listen, you may have made a lot of mistakes in the past. You may have even made a lot of mistakes last week. Okay, listen, you can still be known as a person after God's own heart because it's not how you start, it's how you finish. And it's not what you did, it's what you're going to do next. So you can start today and make a new tomorrow. You can make a new tomorrow and be known as a person after God's own heart. David was awesome, but David was faithful in the small things. He was faithful, and he, he operated in excellence and in integrity in what he did. Everybody knows the story about how when David was watching the sheep, and here comes a lion and tries to grab one of the, the, the sheep and runs off with it. David goes after the lion, snatches the, the lamb back. A bear comes, does the same thing, goes after the bear, gets them. Why does he do that? Because David didn't want to lose even one, even one of the sheep that he was responsible for. That's excellence and integrity. If a bear just creeped up and took one out of the flock and I knew my options, chase after the bear and have to kill it or get killed by the bear or just let him have a free lunch on me, I don't know if I'd be chasing down a bear if it was just me. But David had so much integrity and so much excellence in him and maybe he had a crazy hair too. And he's like, woohoo, a bear, I'm going to wrestle it. You know, maybe that was just him. He, he lived in South Israel, I guess. <laughs> so, but he went after it. He killed the lion and he killed the bear to save what he was responsible for protecting. Not one, not one did he want to lose, not one. And here's what's crazy, all right? They weren't even his sheep. We forget that sometimes. He wasn't even watching his own sheep. It wasn't his investment. They were Jesse's sheep. And David was in charge of watching them. He was so faithful in what he did. He went and risked his life to protect stuff that didn't even belong to him. Why? Because it was his job. And he was faithful to do his job because he knew that by doing his job correctly, he was honoring God. He was honoring God. Listen, it might not be your company, but if you'll treat it like your company, you'll see something different happen for you. Okay? It might not be your vision. It might be somebody else's vision, and you're serving to help make it happen while God is birthing something new inside of you. Let me encourage you. Listen, be faithful. Be faithful where you're planted. Be faithful to follow through on your responsibilities. If I own a business and I see someone that's owning the business like me, who's following through on their work, that's getting it done on time, that's showing up early and staying late if necessary, that is not complaining but is actually producing solutions to the problems that we're facing as a company, that person right there is going to get promoted before anybody else. That person right there is going to get to pick and choose their vacation time before anybody else does or their personal days off before anybody else does because they've proven themselves valuable instead of sitting back waiting for handouts to come in a form of a paycheck. If you will be faithful and on the process, it will open up doors for you. David's faithfulness prepared him for facing Goliath. 
And David faced Goliath, it catapulted him into being a national hero and put him on path for the throne like nothing else. Just because he was faithful to take care of the sheep. Hey, take care of the sheep. Take care of the sheep. Faithfulness is what God is doing to position you to unlock the door for everything that you're believing him for. Okay, If you're believing God for more money, more financial blessing, listen, you've got to be faithful with what he's trusted you with today. Okay? You've got to operate according to biblical stewardship. Okay? You've got to make sure that you're giving back to him as he gives to you. You've got to make sure that you're managing your money well. Why would God trust you with a $20,000 raise when you've just proven that you're going to spend every dime you've got anyway and then get into $10,000 worth of debt? Because you can't manage your money. Be faithful into small things. You will be made ruler over many. Faithfulness is a tool that doesn't... It's not just a waiting game that we play. It's a, it's a tool that God uses to open up the doors to potential and possibility and his vision for our lives and what he's called us to do. If you stay faithful, a lot of amazing things open up. If I were to say the name Spiridon Lewis... How many of y'all would know who Spiridon Lewis is? Y'all don't have his coffee mug at your house? You guys watching online? No, no Spiridon Lewis coffee mugs? Hadn't seen him on a Wheaties box? Spiridon Lewis, I'm going to put a photo of him up here for you. You guys can see it online. Uh, you can tell he lived a while ago. He was famous for winning... The marathon, and I think it was the 1896 or 1892 Olympics. I to, it was a long time ago. He won the marathon, and he won it representing uh, Greece, and it made him a national hero. Because if you know anything about Greece and their history, they're big on marathons, big part of their heritage, culture. So if you're a champion in that, you're set. You're set. National hero. He's there with his um, trophy and award next to the ruler of Greece at the time. And he became famous locally for this quote. The, the, the ruler over Greece said, you won the marathon for your country. You're a national hero. Is there anything that I can do for you personally? And Spiridon said, yeah, you can help me get a water cart for my village. And everybody around laughed because they knew what that meant. And the leader of the country laughed because he knew what it meant. See, Spiridon Lewis didn't train traditionally to be an Olympic athlete. Actually, he didn't really have what was recognizable as athletic skill at all. Um, he really didn't have many gifts or talents that were recognizable, and we know that because he was a guy that was picked by the village to go every day and get water for the village and bring it back. He was the first water boy. He was the first water boy. He was the original mud dog. Mama said, my mom, mama said, mama said, just, just, I had to go get the water. That's what he said. If you haven't seen that movie, don't. You don't need to waste your life. Uh, but he went out and he would get water. That was his job every day. So 
they had this contraption he'd throw over his shoulders and they'd throw all the water jugs and the water bags on and he would walk are you ready for this 20 kilometers one way to the water source to get water 20 kilometers back to bring the water to the village every day how long is 20 kilometers give or take about 12 and a half miles there and back every day that was his job they said look this is what we feel like you can offer us as a village you're going to be the water guy so from his mid-teens on up that was his job fetch the water fetch the water he got so bored doing this that he said i want to get this done as soon as i possibly can i don't want to waste any time so he started running to the water source loading himself up and then walking back under the heavy load and he would do that every day just so he didn't have to spend a chunk of his day walking almost 25 miles, 26 miles, to, uh, to get water every single day. How many of you know that would probably get boring? Yes. Hello, Bush. I saw you yesterday. There's a tree right there. That's awesome. And dirt, dirt, dust, 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 dirt, dirt, dust, dust, dust. Just would get so boring. And so what happened, though, is he would run there, and then he would start jogging a little bit back, and walking back, jogging back, and walking back until he built up enough strength and endurance to be able to run both ways, to get the water and come back with the water, to get the water and to come back with the water. 20 kilometers each way. He got so fast at doing that, and his motivation was, get it done. Get it done, you know what I mean? Get my job done. He was faithful every day to go do it. He didn't realize he was preparing himself for this moment right here had no idea and so his local village encouraged him to go try out for the Olympics and they pretty much had to prod him and drag him there so he finally he showed up and did it and he beat everyone in the qualifying races for the Olympics locally and they let him represent his country and he destroyed everybody in the marathon destroyed them why because he was faithful Day in and day out. Day in and day out. And then he found a better way to do what he was responsible for doing. And he operated in excellence and integrity. Never missed a water day. He never missed leg day. He put it in. And he became a national hero. Why? Because he was faithful. Faithful. Your faithfulness will prepare you to step into moments like this. Now, I'm not saying everybody here will be an Olympic athlete, but everybody here has got a calling that God's put in your heart. And everybody here has got a promise that God has spoken over you. And the key that unlocks that door more, more often than not is faithfulness. Faithfulness over time. It opens the door for preparation so that we're ready to step through that door and become everything that God has called us to be. Um, he's huge. Let me encourage you with, with a couple of things regarding faithfulness this morning. Um, if you want to be faithful and see the fruit of faithfulness produced in your life, number one, stay in his book. Okay, stay in his book. When I say his book, I mean the word of God. Stay in the word of God. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Yeah, so if you want to be full of faith or faithful, you've got to allow the source of faith to be able to put its seed produce its fruit in your heart okay be in his word be in his word why it when you're close to god 
you trust God a whole lot easier. And you're able to see his track record a lot more clearly in your life. I don't know about you, but I don't trust people that I don't know very well. And a lot of people miss out on all the potential they could have in the kingdom of God because they don't take time to allow God to establish that track record of trust because they're not fostering the relationship that allows him to prove himself. Okay, so stay in the book. Uh, Number two, surround yourself with faith-filled friends. Surround yourself with faith-filled friends. I can promise you this. If you surround yourself with people that spew negativity all of the time, there is no way you are going to have the spiritual endurance to be faithful in the fourth quarter of whatever season you're walking through. Whatever you surround yourself with is going to get in your spirit. So make sure you're surrounding yourself with people that are going to speak life over you, to speak faith over situations. Hey, I know that this is hard right now, but we're not going to be subjugated by what we're walking through. We serve a God that lets us become more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. So we're going to put our focus on Him and allow Him to fill us up with overflow an overflow of his Holy Spirit so that we're producing the fruit that we need to produce in our lives and we're equipped to overcome the storm in life. We're not going to let life happen to us. We're going to happen to life. It might not be fun, but we're going to choose to respond the right way. I want people around me that are going to feed me that way. And let iron sharpen iron. Surround yourself with people that are faith-filled. And the third thing is this. Work your faith. Work your faith. Work your faith. Get up. The Bible says that faith without works is dead. It's dead. You got to work your faith. You got to get up and be excellent. You got to get up and have integrity. You got to get up and follow through even when you don't feel like it. You got to put your faith to work. You've got to get up and press through even though you don't want to because you don't live by how you feel. You live by what you know. How you feel is going to change, but the Word of God stays the same. Season in and season out. So I'm going to apply what's constant and immovable to my life and not live in the fluctuation of my emotions. Work your faith. Work your faith. This is the other thing I know about faith or faithfulness is that Faithfulness is, is like a gas tank that must be refilled or it runs dry. It's like a gas tank that has to be refilled or it runs dry. You guys ever run out of gas going somewhere? Hey, y'all, y'all are being real honest. I don't know if I would have admitted that in public. Sometimes those gauges lie. You think you've got a little under a quarter tank and then all of a sudden, now you're calling for help. Car doesn't die on the side of the road, though, if it doesn't run out of gas in a scenario like that. The same happens with our faithfulness. The ability to be able to push through in that fourth quarter when you're tired. And I'm not talking physically tired and, you know, you lose an hour or two of sleep a few nights in the week and physically you're tired, but when you are emotionally tired, Spiritually, you're tired from getting up and facing the same giant again in your life and dealing with the same child that won't get their life right with God and having to intercede for them and carry that burden or getting up to go to a job that you know is beneath you waiting on the day that you get recognized to step into what you know could be your full potential with a company. That in-between time, that in-between time, 
that fourth quarter, pushing through on the other side, that's where a lot of people tap out because we forget that faithfulness has to be refilled because it is a fruit of the Spirit that is produced in our lives. And if we're not connected to the Spirit, we cannot have Him producing His fruit in our lives. Are you tired this morning? Now I was praying and preparing for this. You know, the Lord laid on my heart. There are going to be people in here today. You're faithful, but you're tired. You've stood your ground, but you're tired. You're fighting the good fight. You're refusing to back down, but you're tired today. And I want to encourage you and remind you to make sure that you're allowing that tank to be refilled. Especially in the fourth quarter. Especially so close to the finish line. To allow the Spirit of God to refresh and renew and to fill you and equip you like only He can. Let me read a passage of Scripture to you. Isaiah 40 verse 31 in the King James Version it says, But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. See, the key to that endurance, though, is first waiting on the Lord. Waiting on the Lord. and I know from my own life, being on the front line in any spiritual battle, being on the front line in any process, eventually what they're going to do is they're going to tell the soldiers on the front line, it's good fighting, but you need to back off and you need to take a break and rest and recoup and then get back out on the front line again. Sometimes we spend so much time fighting the battles and going through the process that we forget that we've got to back up for a second and just wait on the Lord and allow Him to produce His fruit in our lives to allow Him to renew our strength. Listen, it's His battle to fight. The battle belongs to who? The Lord. Okay, Our job is to stand firm and to not be moved. Let Him go to war on our behalf. Don't worry yourself out trying to do God's job in your life. Sometimes you need to hit pause though. Say, God, I'm faithful. I'm not moving. I trust you. But I'm getting tired. And I need to refill the tank. I need to draw into you and let you pour into me so that I can be more than a conqueror, so that I can be above only and not beneath, so that I can be the head and not the tail, so that I don't lose sight of your promise in the middle of the process that you're walking me through to develop me, so that I can stay faithful to you because I've seen your faithfulness in my life. It's only in drawing close to Him that that becomes complete in us. I'm not questioning whether or not you're faithful this morning. I'm asking you, are you tired? Are you tired? Bow your heads and close your eyes for just a second. Heads bowed, eyes closed, no one looking around. Are you tired this morning?
you need some refreshing this morning. Well, the good news is God sent me here today to tell you His refreshing is here for you if you want it. Heads bowed, eyes closed, no one looking around. I just want to ask a question. Are you tired? Do you need some refreshing today? Are you ready to refill that tank so that you can continue the process of being faithful in what and who he's called you to do and be? When I count to three, if that's you, I want you to lift your eyes up and look at me. You guys watching online at home, the same thing. Are you tired? We're going to have a moment of renewing today. We're going to let God refill that tank. But we've got to be honest with where we are in order to be able to correctly move forward from where we are. This is a moment of honesty. Are you tired? Are you ready to be refreshed? If that's you on the count of three, I want you to lift your eyes up and look at me. Here we go. One, two, three. Lift them up and look at me. If that's you, eyes are going up all in this place today. Let's do this. Let's all stand up to our feet. Let's all stand to our feet. I want to encourage you, if you lifted up your eyes, listen, you don't have to do this, but I want to encourage you to do this. I want you to get out of your seat, out of your row, and I want you to come up to this altar area right here. There's not so much anything really special about this, but I feel kind of prompted to call you to almost to take a step of faith out from where you are to let God do something in your life. I, I'm ready to be refilled. I need some refreshing happening in my life right now. I'm wanting the Spirit of God to pour out in my life. It's not that he can't do it where you are right there. And I understand that physically some of us may not be able to come up. But look at this response. Praise God for what he's doing in this place this morning. He's refreshing and he's renewing. I love it. What I love about God is he doesn't just call us. He doesn't just call us to do things. And then sit back and wait for us to fail. He went through every possible step to make us fail proof and following through on serving him everything everything we need for life and godliness is found in him faithfulness faithfulness i'm looking at faithfulness up here at this altar i'm looking at faith whether you feel faithful or not i'm looking at faithfulness in this place right now because you serve a faithful god who who steps in with strength where you're weak who holds the storms at bay so that you can catch your breath and move forward. I'm just feeling it right now. Some of y'all have been hit so hard by life you don't know what to do right now. Faithful, 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 faithful. You know what happens if you're faithful long enough? Faithful long enough? Galatians 6, 9. It says, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. If we do not give up. Faithful in the small things. Faithful when it's easy. Faithful when it's hard. Faithful when they lie about you. Faithful when they walk away from you. Faithful when you want to cash it in. You stand immovable and you're faithful. And you're faithful. And you're faithful. And you're faithful when you feel like you're taking two steps back but you trust God anyway. And you stay faithful. And you're faithful. And you're faithful. And then one day you wake up and you're fruitful. 
you're fruitful and everything changes everything changes the beautiful part of the process is that God is with us I feel so much heaviness lifting off of this group right now in the spirit it is unreal it is unreal all across this place let's lift up our hands and let's just begin to praise the Lord right now let's let him refill this tank let's let him fill us overflowing father in the name of Jesus I ask that you do what I can't do in this moment Holy Spirit move powerfully on the lives of the people that are here today you know exactly where they are you know exactly what they're walking through father I pray Lord that your presence renews and strengthens and empowers and encourages father Lord that you heal that you restore only your Holy Spirit can do these things Holy Spirit just move powerfully in the lives of these people as they worship you father Lord produce that renewed that renewing Lord produce that fruit of faithfulness in their lives Lord as they're reminded of your faithfulness in their lives Lord God, you've never left us. You've never let us down. You've always been with us. And you're with us right now. I'm going to ask the worship team just to, to fire up and lead us in a song. And let's just worship him. Just for these next few moments. Let's just forget about what's got to happen next after service or what's going on in life. And let's put our focus on him. And let's have a moment of worship like we've never worshipped before because it's in his presence in his presence that we're restored and we're renewed it's in his presence that we're going to get refreshed and refilled it's in his presence so let's focus on him he's the one that does it he's the one that does it all in this place everybody watching at home don't let yourself get disconnected or distracted let's press in and let god do what he intended to do in our lives today the moment he laid this word on my heart he had you on his mind and this is for you Oh, let him move powerfully in your life. Jesus, what a Savior, what a brother, what a friend, lifter of
Let's all lift up our hands. Just take one more moment. Why do y'all lift your hands so much in church? It's just a sign of surrender. And at the same time, it's kind of posturing to receive. Lord, Father, we thank you so much for your presence in this place. Father, thank you so much for your encouragement to us today and your reminder to stay faithful because the one that we serve is faithful. God, we remember your faithfulness in our lives, Lord. And we know <laughs> that we can be faithful in the process because we know that your faithfulness never fails. So whether we see what we want to see or not, it doesn't matter to us because we know at the end at the end of it all, at the, at the end of this season, that promise is already there. It's set. It's immovable. It will happen. So what happens between now and then is nothing but details and time. Because your faithfulness is always, always unfailing. God, encourage and renew us today. There's too many people to reach. There's too many lives to be impacted. Lord, there's too much work to be done in your kingdom for your people to be tapping out, Lord. Lord, let us be faithful in what you called us to do. Faithful on the job. Faithful with our families. Faithful with the responsibilities that we have operating in, in integrity and doing things with excellence, Lord, with a heart that does everything to please you because we want to be faithful to you first. And faithful to your calling on our lives first before anything else. And that really snowballs into the solution for all the other details. God, I thank you for your strength and your renewing today. 
Lord, for your faithfulness to stand beside us and not just throw us to the wolves, but to not just call us to do something and walk away, Lord, but for your faithfulness to equip us and for the promise in your word that if we do not give up, that we will reap the harvest in our lives. We will reap the harvest in our lives. It will happen. It will happen. It will happen. And in a sense, standing outside of time like you do, God, it has already happened. Father, let us catch a glimpse of that in our spirit today. We might be waiting on tomorrow, but you stand outside of tomorrow. (laughs) And you're standing in the day that we're striving for. It is already there. It is already happening. It has already happened. We're just on our way to get there, Father. Lord, let us step out in that kind of faith to be faithful in who you've called us to be. God, we give you glory and we give you praise for what you've done in our lives today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Let's give God some big praise if he's moved in your life today. Special moments like this, don't take it for granted. God did this for you. Now let's go out there and walk it out, amen? A lot of great stuff coming up this week. If you came in late, let me remind you some of the things our faithfulness is producing. We get to have an outreach with our community. Uh, This Thursday coming up, we're partnering with the local police department on 104.5 to serve the people in our community, Uh, giving them free gas and giving them turkeys. I love it, showing the love of God in a practical way. Um, We've got another outreach coming up the following week where we're partnering with a pantry to give Thanksgiving dinners to families that wouldn't normally have it. Faithfulness is opening up the door for us to minister on a different level as a church. And I want to encourage you, your faithfulness, your faithfulness in your personal walk with God is not just producing fruit in your life, it's impacting the lives of others. And that's the way God intends for it to work. Amen? I guess there's a little thing that the, the board has going on and is it the four-year or the next general four-year area when you walk out. So please don't just jet out of here. Get Hang out for a little bit and get to know some people. If I haven't met you yet, I would love to get to know you before you leave today. Um, hear your story, hear about what God's doing in your life. Let me pray one more time to dismiss us and we'll get out of here. God, thank you for your faithfulness once again. Lord, be with us as we go out into this week, Lord. We don't go out into this week tired and defeated, Lord. We go out into this week renewed, full of your spirit, ready to conquer anything that happens because the one who is in us is greater than the one who is in the world, Father. And we thank you for that promise. Lord, I thank you for a church that isn't just hearers of the word of God, but we walk out of here and we put it to work in our lives, Father, to let it bear its fruit. Thank you for being with us today. Again, we give you praise, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for watching online. We'll see you next week.